New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. today's economy, it's more important than ever to get clear about your personal and professional goals and to commit to a plan that will get you there. Our guest today partners with Divine Source and Divine Intelligence to receive the highest good. Today, Mae McCarthy will share with us her own daily practice that supports financial success and prosperity a daily practice that brings more peace, ease, love, and joy. May McCarthy has co-founded and grown six successful companies over her 30-year career, with the largest growing over $100 million in annual revenues. She is a successful entrepreneur, CEO, angel investor, and philanthropist. She outlines how to experience greater levels of success in our book, The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. Join us for the next hour as we explore building our wealth in all ways with our guest, Mae McCarthy. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. May welcome. Oh, thank you, Justine. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. You know, I must admit that I'm not normally attracted to books on prosperity, or nor do I do daily affirmations. But when I was encouraged to pick up your book and read it, there was something, the metaphor that you use really spoke to me. And I, I, and I mentioned it to some other people, and they have kind of said, I get that, and I, I, I know that in your corporate life, you work with what they call in corporations C-people, C-suite, <laughs> the, the, uh, the chief uh, executive officer, chief financial officer, chief information officer, and you have another officer that you work with that's at the top of your pyramid, so to speak. So can you tell us about this officer? Oh, sure. Well, I decided after experimenting for many, many years with my spiritual progress and my spiritual maturity, I, I recognized that I could rely on and trust that there was a divine intelligence, an all-knowing universal power that could guide me and direct me towards whatever it was I was putting my attention and um, intention on. And um, 
we've all been able to prove that over time. So I decided that I would partner with that characteristic of spirit that guides me through my intuition and through other people and signs and messages and gut instincts. And I wanted to bring it into my business. And so I decided I'd give it a title and call it the Chief Spiritual Officer or CSO. And I as I did that, uh, because in the C-suite that you mentioned, these are people whose advice I value. They know a lot. They are subject matter experts for what they do. I mean, my CFO knows everything about finances and guides us and directs us and advises us on the financial health of our company. And so the CSO guides us and directs us to achieve what it is that we have as a company goal. And to point us in the right direction to take steps along the path to achieve what we want. So what I did was I brought it into the company, put it at the top of the org chart, and explained to my employees that this was a symbol. This was a symbol for why we were going to be a miracle-making company. In fact, we were going to have miraculous things happen so often that miracles were just going to become typicals for us. And when you you actually work with your, let's say, uh, chief financial person or your information person, you meet regularly. So this is one of the things that you've made a practice of is to meet with your CSO, chief spiritual officer, on a regular basis. Right. In our, in our companies, in successful companies all over the world, um, it's not uncommon for the leadership team to meet on a regular basis to review goals and projections and and to sort of create a roadmap of where they want to be in certain periods of time in the future. And I decided that I would meet every single day with my CSO because clearly divine intelligence, this all-knowing universal power, has much greater advice for me than any human being could have. And so I decided that I would set aside... 25 to 30 minutes every single morning and actually have a meeting with an agenda um, and go over what I wanted to achieve in terms of goals for the future. And for me, wealth doesn't mean just money. Wealth means being whole and complete, lacking nothing in all areas of your life. So in this meeting, I not only talk about goals for my company and for my employees and customers and our world, but also goals in regards to every area of my life, my health, my relationships, my family, my properties, as well as my finances. That's great. That's great. Now, I I know that one of the things that you point out before we get into those steps um, Fear and doubt are things that might hamper our relationship with our CSO. So can you talk about why that is so and how it hampers us? Oh, sure. So if if this CSO or whatever you want to call that source of intuition, that divine guidance, that intelligence, uh, you can choose your own name, but CSO seems to work for a lot of people. But when you're asking for a intuitive lead or a um, guidance to take a step towards your goals, you have to be in a state that is relatively calm so that you can notice the messaging that you're getting. If you're fearful, if you're filled with doubt, 
if you're angry, if you're upset, if there's any negative emotion going on within you, it tends to take your attention away from what you want and actually gives fuel to help you have evidence appear that is in accordance with the fear that you have. I hear a lot of people that'll say, well, let me think about the worst case scenario (laughs) in a situation. um, And that way, if anything better than that happens, I'll, I'll be happy. Well, we know that our thoughts and our words and our uh, emotions are incredibly powerful in terms of attracting what we want into our life. And whatever we're putting our attention on, we're going to see more evidence of that happening in our lives. So when we're fearful, when we're filled with doubt, we can't notice the intuitive messages and the spiritual guidance that we want to get us towards our goal. Plus, We're putting our attention on that which we are fearful of, which in fact ends up producing more evidence of that very thing that you don't want to have happen, happening more often in your life. I I know that you mentioned the work of Barbara Fredrickson out of the University of North Carolina, I believe, Mm -hmm. and her research is just wonderful. I encourage any listener to look her up on the internet. Mm And you mention in your book, The Path to Wealth, you mention how when we are in that more positive frame of mind, mm-hmm. we actually have more uh, a broader, wider access to options. Right. That, 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 that fear and doubt kind of tunnel us into a, a more narrow bandwidth, so to speak. Well, fear and doubt, um, again, you're putting your attention on what you don't want. When you're fearful and you're filled with doubt, your um, your thoughts and your emotions are going to a place which isn't in accordance with what you really want to experience. So a better thing to do is to use your words, thoughts, and emotions to describe what it is that you want with gratitude, as though it's already completed. And I would invite your listeners to do a little experiment. Think of something fearful. Think of something that you're doubtful about. Think of something negative. And then say something positive out loud. Um, you might say, I'm grateful that I now have a perfectly healthy body that is physically fit and trim, toned, energetic, and, and is pain-free. And I have a great time going on hikes and walks with my family and friends. If you're saying that out loud while you're thinking something fearful or negative, your spoken word will always win out to get your attention. And there's power in that spoken word. So when you're fearful, use your spoken word to transmute that into focusing your attention on what you actually do want. So when we catch ourselves, let's say, catch ourselves in the, saying in our head that litany of something negative, and I call it a litany because yeah. we, we kind of repeat them over and mm-hmm. over, then you're saying just say out loud something that would replace mm-hmm. that experience uh, with something good. Right. Just say it out loud right then. Right. And even, I guess you don't have to say it real loud. I mean, no. but but to say it, it, it puts it out in, in, in a way that is just beyond just thinking about it. Yeah, you're, you're trying to get a hold of your thoughts. Um, if you really believe that your words, thoughts, and emotions have been responsible for creating the life that you're living today, 
And I do believe that. And many people that I know do believe that. But we, we end up causing an awful lot of what our current life situation is simply with the use of our words, thoughts, and emotions. If that's true, then any time that we are thinking about, talking about, feeling about something that we don't want, which is essentially what fear is, you know, fear is inverted faith. Um, but when we are thinking about what we don't want, we're attracting that. We are powerful beings, and we are attracting more of that into our life. So we have to get that fearful thought to stop. And the way that we do that is by overpowering it with our spoken word. And if it's really, really scary, and it's almost like a record player going around and around and around in your head, then you might even need to call that a lie. You know, use a denial first to stomp it and stop it. I deny that my family history has anything to do with my future health. And I'm just reminded of when Jesus said, I think, if I'm Remembering it correctly, my Bible, uh, get thee behind me to the devil, get thee behind me. It, or to that, or to that negative thought. Yeah. And so yeah. it's kind of like that. Sure. Get thee behind me that right. I, I do not accept this. Right. I have a friend of mine who was told for several generations that everyone in her family, you know, grandparents, parents, siblings, had been uh, diagnosed with diabetes. And so she had been told since she was a little girl that she was going to have diabetes. And so she had to deny that, that fear, that lie, and say, I deny that my family history has anything to do with my future health. I now go forward to be perfectly healthy, whole and complete, in every area of my life. So should you add that other phrase to it? I want to remind our listeners that I'm here with Mae McCarthy. She's the author of The Path to Wealth. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, maymccarthy.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Mae McCarthy, and she's the author of The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance, and abundance in all ways, I want to want to add. May there's um, one phrase in your book that I it just really popped for me, and I, I think it's good in this society where we look at um, there's not enough to go around and all of that. You you say, 
There is no scarcity of good. Right? There isn't. I believe that we live in an abundant, infinitely abundant universe. And that this creative intelligence, this creative force, this all-knowing creative power in the universe that created everything that ever was, is, and will be, which is we're all part of, is unlimited. When I say that, what I mean is that if we look at history and we think about the times when we felt that there was lack and scarcity, there were people that didn't believe that that was true, like I don't. And what they do is create something completely new. I mean, I don't know if you have a smartphone, but I do. I have an iPhone. Those didn't even exist very (laughs) long ago. That's That's a whole new industry that created, you know, thousands and thousands of jobs and additional monies and wealth and conveniences. And so I believe that that creative power in the universe creates through us. One of the one of the examples that you give, and this goes back to your college days about an abundant universe. Uh, you you told the story on yourself about um, you didn't have a lot of money, but one thing that you did is that you would buy a sandwich for a homeless person and hand a sandwich out and. And that created something. It started a flow of something for you. Well, I got a lesson really, really early on um, as the youngest of 10 children raised by uh, parents in Hawaii. Um, What I noticed um, from my parents is my dad was a surgeon, and he would tell many of his uh, patients who couldn't afford to pay him money Um, he would say that you are a valuable person. There is something that is unique about you and something valuable that you can exchange with me, and you don't have to think about what that is now. Right now, I'm going to take care of you, and all will be well, and you'll get healthy. And at the end of the year, my dad would see all of this clothing, all of this food, all of these wonderful um, bouts of entertainment that he would take us on at the— as guests of other people. And he would continuously say that he could never outgive what he received in return, even though he was giving away free health care to some patients. And he charged a lot to the ones that could afford it. But his idea was that he was demonstrating for his children and for, him, for us the law, and I believe this is a law of giving and receiving. So if you feel that you're lacking anything, whether it's appreciation, money, time, uh, harmony in relationships, you start giving that first. And so I learned that at a really young age, that if you start giving, you'll always receive that and more in return. And um, when I was in college, I used to uh, give out a sandwich because I had to take a bus and change buses on the way to my office uh, where I had a job, and um, it just seemed like the right thing to do. And I always got more than enough money back in order to pay for that and then some. Yeah, it was wonderful. Plus, it feels good. It feels good to give. It's good. And 
we also need to learn to receive. Yeah. Uh, that's another part part of that. It's not only giving, but what when people, you know, even in little ways, if somebody gives us a compliment, not to just brush it off, but receive it or or whatever it is that comes our way to be open to receiving it. Right. And well, it's it's a law of giving and receiving, not giving or receiving. <laughs> All right. It is a flow. Um, you know, if you dam a river, um, you're you're not going to have the same kind of easy flow, mm-hmm. and some of those areas of that are outside of the river um, after it's been dammed and now it's dry are are going to die. Yes. So if you're not if you're not enabling that giving and receiving flow to operate freely, um, then there's going to be a short circuit or a a, a blockage in another area of your life. So you have to be a great receiver. I notice that when you talk about looking at what we want, let's say, what what our—you don't use the word goals. I started to say what our goals are, but you use—you substitute the word— what our our highest good is, rather than looking at goals, we we would say, "I would like this good to come to my life." Mm-hmm. Can can you describe why why you use that instead of goals? Um, well, they're interchangeable, yes. really, but I describe it as good because that leaves it a little teeny bit open for something even better. Right, and so there's a. If I if I want a certain amount of money, and I'm describing uh, being grateful that I have it, even before I have it, um, I would use uh, phrases like minimum or more than, you know, X number of dollars, um, with grace and in a perfect way. But when I'm describing that I have goals that are financial, I call it... Um, my highest good, because there may be different vehicles, there may be different channels, um, there may be um, different uh, value that has a financial value, but maybe it's not money that comes into my life. So it's my highest and best good. So I can feel it being more open, uh, uh, wider in Mm -hmm. its possibility. Um, let's start to talk about the daily practice. And I know that you begin with reading something that's inspirational. Mm-hmm. So can you say something about that? Sure. So the daily practice we mentioned earlier is set up like a, a, a meeting. You're having a partnership meeting with your spiritual partner, who is the source of your intuition, divine intelligence, all-knowing power of the universe. And I mentioned that I give it an endearing title, which I call CSO. So you need a place within your home to hold your meeting. And I recommend that it not be your bed so that you are essentially training your brain to recognize that you're serious about achieving this good in your life. So in that meeting area, which for me is my couch, (laughs) my cat, comes and snuggles in with me. And you need to have some tools. 
you have to have something to write on. I, I used a spiral notebook that I buy from Office Depot in bulk for about a buck each. Uh, you need a pen or a pencil and something inspirational to read. So in this meeting with you and your CSO, the very first thing you'll do is read for five to 10 minutes, something inspirational to put you into a, a mood that welcomes more good into your life. And I find that reading short stories about ordinary people, having extraordinary experiences, because spirit has somehow uh, enabled them to become aware, to receive, to um, identify opportunities. Um, those are the kinds of stories that I find really uplifting. And if you can combine that with stories about other people receiving the same kind of good and experiencing the same kind of good that you want, that's even better because it makes it more welcome into your life. Wonderful, wonderful. So that's the beginning mm -hmm. of it. And then we we go into, um, I, I, I guess it's, looking at what we want you go into like a job description I, I is the way you what is what is my job what is it that I want what what is it that I'm I'm looking for and then what is it that I'm asking the CSO to provide is, right. is that right well there are different roles and responsibilities for you and your CSO um, your job is to figure out what it is that you want. Be grateful for receiving it in advance. The CSO's job is to create the path for you to get there and to give you one step to take at a time along the path to get there. Um, but it stands to reason if, if you don't know what you want to have happen, what you want the outcome to be, um, then it's hard for anyone including spirit, to give you some advice. I have, I teach workshops all over the country, and I had this one woman in a workshop who said that her goal was to be spiritually creative. That was what she wanted to do. And I asked if I could use her as an example and asked the class, you know, who could give her some advice to be spiritually creative, and no hand went up. So I asked her to do a little experiment for me and to pretend that she was laying in bed one night with a grin on ear to ear. She was just so excited. She was just about ready to pop. She was so happy because she met her goal of being spiritually creative. What happened that made her feel that she met her goal? So we came back to her later in the class, and sure enough, she's sitting there with a grin on ear to ear. And she said, okay, well, I'm retired but if I met my goal of being spiritually creative, my artwork would be hanging in a minimum of 15 different locations for sale. And it would be on note cards and t-shirts for sale. And I'd be receiving at least $3,000 extra per month. But here's the best part. Someone would contact me at least once a week and let me know that because they saw my artwork, it inspired them to create their own. That's what um, spiritually creative means to me. So I asked the class who could give her some advice. Almost every hand went up. Somebody knew a restaurant that she could hang her art in on consignment. Another person knew an online uh, 
printing uh, company that created note cards using people's art. Another person knew a t-shirt company and it went on. And so the point is, is that if we are all expressions of spirit and spirit works through us, then it stands to reason that if these, you know, with our limited rational thinking, we can come up with some advice. Imagine what the creative intelligence of the universe could do in terms of advising us on steps to take towards achieving the good that we describe. So it's really important that we describe it. And in step two of the morning meeting, that's where you start to describe it. I want to remind our listeners, I'm here with Mae McCarthy. She's the author of The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with May McCarthy, the author of The Path to Wealth. And May, you were just talking about how a wonderful example of it, to be specific about what it is that is our good that we're looking for and that the uh, CSO will help us create a path to it. Um, and I know that the next step is to write a gratitude letter, mm-hmm. and you actually write a letter to your CSO. And what's what is contained in this letter? Well, you write a letter that includes things that you're grateful for off the top of your head that you already have. And you write out things that you want with gratitude, but word them as though they're already completed, as though you already have them. So instead of saying something like, I want to lose 10 pounds, you would say, I'm so grateful that I am physically fit, trim, toned, energetic, and healthy in all ways. Every cell in my body is filled with healed light. And and the reason we do that is because we want to enable our subconscious and our intuition as directed by spirit to guide us and direct us. But I find that when we're using gratitude statements for what we want, but wording it as though it's already completed, as though we already have it, our subconscious and intuition go on high alert to help us notice more possibilities sooner. that, That inner intelligence within us wants us to operate in integrity. And if we're describing a goal as though it's already complete in our life, it's going to go on high alert to really illuminate possibilities to make those statements true. Um, One uh, example I use a lot is um, because a lot of people buy cars. Mm -hmm. 
And often, when somebody's looking to buy a car, they'll go through a process of narrowing down the different models. You know, they'll test drive, they'll review, they'll talk to their friends and their family and and all sorts of people. And they're constantly thinking about, talking about, feeling what it's like to test drive the car. And they narrow it down to one or two models. And then all of a sudden, they start to notice that car driving everywhere on the road. They never noticed it before. It was a goal. But the reason they're noticing it is because they've been talking about it, feeling, imagining being in that car as their own before they ever, you know, signed a contract to buy it. So what would you say, uh, what advice would you give if in writing that statement as if it's already present in our life, what if we don't really quite believe it? Well, um, can you give me an example of a goal that that um, you know someone might have? Um, one that I hear an awful lot is money. Yeah, um, I, that was where yeah. I was going. Is 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 money? Right. Uh, that if um, if let's say I have a a goal of having so much cash income coming into my business every month, mm-hmm. and that that's the goal, and then I'm grateful for this money coming in every month, and then there's a slight, like, oh, I'm wondering how I will call this that, manifest? Yeah. I, I don't know what. Yeah, our rational mind or our brain remembers all the times that we've had goals in the past that we didn't achieve, mm-hmm. and how disappointed we were. So our our brain tries to prevent us from being disappointed and prevent us from noticing intuitive messages that come up when we have a goal that's bigger than anything we've had before. I call it the fraud factor. You know, we we feel fraudulent. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when I was getting ready to write this book, I, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I, I'm a business person. To become an author? Are you kidding me? I'm so grateful that I am a best-selling author. Every single day I'm writing this out, right? And that I, and that this message is helping thousands and thousands of people worldwide uh, to achieve more of what they want in life. I am so grateful that I live my mission to elevate prosperity and freedom for all. I felt like a fraud writing that out every single day. But I had to keep doing it because I needed to train my brain to recognize that I was serious about this. So it's okay to repeat the message. Every day until you get, you achieve what you want. Or you might change your mind and want something different. But you have to keep up with it. I'll give you an example. I have a friend of mine um, who is a scientist. She's a brilliant research scientist in, you know, cancer research and stuff. Makes a lot of money doing that. But all her life, she's been told she's a really good singer. And she loves singing at family events and her friends in college. You know, they would go out for karaoke and um, often, you know, just loves it, finds it really fun. So she took my workshop and she started writing out that she was so grateful that she was able to use her talents and skills in remarkable ways and entertain audiences and have a wonderful time uh, singing and performing and being prospered and paid well to do so. She called me after about two months of writing this out every day, and she said, May, I feel like a fraud. You were right. I I feel like a fraud. I'm going to give up on this goal. And I said, Don't do that. Keep doing it because what's happening 
uh, physiologically is we have beliefs and behaviors that are tied to neural pathways in our brain. And these beliefs and behaviors are very, very well-worn. They're like deep grooves. They're very strong. If we're creating a new belief and a new behavior, it's like um, walking through a field with knee-high grass. I could walk through it once, and you would never see that I walked through that field. But if I walk the same path every single day, eventually you're going to notice a well-worn path. And that's what we have to do. And many, many famous and successful people have said that repetition reaps rewards. As we repeat this every single day, we are training our brain to believe that we're serious about it. Um, with the four steps, in addition to writing and reading it out loud and imagining it, you're able to make it even more welcome in your life. And as soon as you start to have that little tiny possibility of belief that it could happen, you still don't know how, but it could happen, that's when you start to notice lots and lots of intuitive messages that'll guide you. And that's what happened with my friend, the singer. She uh, was did it for about six months and was invited to an event and she saw a singer of a trio at a, a beautiful charity event in the corner and she thought, you know what? I could do that. And that opened up the door to her seeing that it was possible. After that, she got all sorts of different wonderful leads and ran in, uh, at another event, got an invitation to come and audition um, to for a community program. Wonderful story. <clears throat> you mentioned very briefly, and this is another key step, uh, that was surprising to me. But after you write that gratitude letter, you read it out loud with emotion. Absolutely. Every <laughs> school teacher will tell you that that anchors it more deeply within you. And what we're trying to do is have your goals, have this good, this idea of good at the forefront of your thoughts. So when you go out into the day, your subconscious, this divine intelligence can filter these billions of pieces of data that are coming at you and illuminate those opportunities and possibilities for you to take steps along the path to achieve your goal. So programming yourself with the reading it out loud in the morning um, anchors it more fully and and it makes it more important and valuable. And to then you. you then you add to 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 actually take a moment to visualize right. what it would feel like. Imagine to what what you will feel like as as your life you, you in the present. I guess absolutely. So this um, you're not going to be do, able to do it in the morning for all of your goals, but, you know, prioritize and, and, and move around through those top goals that you have. But this is a technique that all professional athletes, Olympic athletes, uh, professional musicians, and even I as a professional business person have used very effectively. We close our eyes and see ourselves in the completed goal. My friend, the scientist, she saw herself on stage performing before she ever got to do it. Um, I have seen myself in business meetings where I notice that everyone is operating in harmony and we're really creative and we shake hands and leave the meeting knowing that we've come to a great, great solution or a great uh, opportunity for a business deal. Um, 
athletes will see themselves hitting the shot, making the win, scoring the goal. Um, they'll see themselves before they ever, ever go out and practice. In fact, most professional athletes will spend time every day doing what they call mental training. Yes. This is what this part of the practice is. And, and the brain doesn't know the difference between that mental training and actual physical right. training. And the more real you make it, the more your subconscious and intuition want to help point out the possibility to get there. Now, that's the other point that you that you make is that when we receive this intuition or hunch or some sort of sign mm-hmm. that uh, that gives us the opportunity or a lead of mm-hmm. where to go, where the path wants to open, we must take action. Yeah, we can't just kind of sit back. I, you know, I guess that when I think about this, when I think about this, I think, okay, spirit uh, can give us hints and and intuitions and help us in that way. But we are the ones that live on the material plane. Mm -hmm. And so we have to actually do something then. Right. So um, action, faith, or taking steps, you're in this, in the roles and responsibilities of you and your partner. Your job is to figure out what you want and be grateful for it in advance. Spirit creates the path and then gives you one step to take, a lead to take a step one step at a time. You either take it, or if you feel concerned, unsure, you're you're just not sure, is that just a, a random thought, or was that really a lead from, from my CSO? I don't know. You can always ask her another lead. What you can't do is just do nothing. You have to ask her another lead. And I have countless numbers of examples of that in my book. But um, even as simple as uh, having a thought of someone that you hadn't thought of in a while. I have a, a woman that I know. She's in her mid-50s. She didn't have a retirement program. She wanted to put up a retirement program together. And so she started writing out, I'm so grateful I have a great retirement program with all the appropriate language that made her feel like it was really happening. And all of a sudden, you know, a few days later, she gets this thought of this woman she hadn't thought of in years and years and years. And she felt kind of like, oh, gosh, well, May told me if I get a lead like this. I need to contact the woman. And um, so she did. And she said, look, I started a new prosperity program. I thought of you. I'm supposed to call somebody if I think of them. And I'm so sorry I haven't been in touch for a long time, but how are you? Well, in the course of their conversation, she learns that this woman has put together a financial group of really high-powered financial women. And some of the things that they do in this group are discuss investments, discuss retirement programs. She ended up getting invited to be part of that group and put together a fabulous uh, retirement plan and didn't have to spend any money to do it. And and she didn't even know where it was going to lead before she took the leap. I want to remind our listeners, I'm here with Mae McCarthy. She's the author of The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions.
My guest today is Mae McCarthy. She is the author of The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. And May, we're talking about your daily practice, what you do every morning. You have this meeting with your CSO, your chief spiritual officer. I love that. Um, and um, the, the, the last two steps that you have in this practice, one is to celebrate. Uh, the, I, I love that. I mean, we forget to celebrate. We forget that, oh my goodness, all this good has happened and we don't stop long enough to, to, to take a breath and say, wow, mm-hmm. this is wonderful. So say something about why it's important to celebrate and how you mm-hmm. advise us to celebrate. Well, it, it ends up anchoring the idea that you have proof that this partnership is working. First of all, celebrating is just fun. It's really, really fun. So when you get a lead from your CSO and you take a step, you you may not have even reached the goal yet, but you've taken the step because you got a thought about somebody and you made a call, or you received a an inquiry from a brand new customer um, that you feel was was divinely provided in answer to your goal. You want to celebrate. So figure out one person, at least one person, who can be your celebration partner. Let them know that you've started a new prosperity program and that part of it is to celebrate when good things happen and um, that are uh, steps on a path to your goal and and that you'll be their celebration partner as well. And you can text each other the word celebrate. And that means, you know, when you have some time available to get on a phone or get on a Skype call, um, then by all means, get together and celebrate and tell the story. When you anchor it more fully, it's giving you proof and proof gives you confidence. And what is confidence? Confidence is simply faith that this practice works. So celebrating is a great idea. My sister and I office in the same building, so she'll come into my office and hold my hands, and we jump up and down and celebrate uh, when when good things happen. And, and nothing is too small to celebrate. You should celebrate everything. I mean, I've had requests for proposals um, from customers that were much larger, and my goal at that time was to be treated like the Fortune 20 companies that we're competing against. And to have a request for proposal from a giant health system meant that we were being treated. That didn't guarantee us the business, although we did get the business. Um, it didn't guarantee us the business, but it was a sign uh, that we were being treated um, in, in the way that I wanted to. One of the signs that you mentioned in the book, and I just loved it, uh, you, you were talking about how you were wondering whether you should sign this contract with some corporation in San Diego. Right. And, and a surprising need came to you. Can you, can you <laughs> tell us about that one? Yes. Um, one of the things that can happen is we bring our history and our past with us through life. And I had an opportunity to work with this company in San Diego in a previous company that I owned. Now, granted, they were under new ownership and and said they had some new policies, but I still had that baggage of experience working with them before. So I wasn't sure I really wanted to work with them again. And I kept getting lead after lead after lead. And um, I kept saying, I need another lead. I mean, I felt like Gideon in the Bible where I, you know, needed another sign. All right. 
right? And um, and I was doing that because I really wasn't sure I wanted to work with them again. So I asked for another lead from my CSO, and I'm driving across the bridge on my way to my office, and there's a billboard up there on the side of the road that says, your fortune will be made in San Diego. And I just started cracking up. I never noticed that billboard before. I have no idea how long it was up there. I never noticed it before. But the fact that I did notice it was a lead from my CSO that I should at least investigate the possibility. So my CSO has a sense of humor. (laughs) So, yeah, but it just reminds us that these leads and intuitions, they can come from many different quarters. Uh, So it's a matter of being awake and and noticing, being in high noticing. Right, and celebrating and also using gratitude in the practice lights up that front part of your brain. And a lot of great brain research that's been done has proved that when that front part of your brain is lit up, you're able to focus and see more possibilities much easier than when it's not. So celebrating is a positive emotion that helps light that up. Excellent, excellent. And the last step that you do, and this is in the evening before you go to bed, um, and you kind of recap the 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 day and with gratefulness, and and then you do a forgiveness exercise. And I just love that. Can you tell us sure. about that? So at the end of the day, right before you go to sleep, uh, you would just lay in bed and, and say out loud, I'm so grateful for all the parking spaces I got in front or whatever is on, the, on your mind. You don't have to look at any notes, but just whatever comes to mind that you're grateful for, say some gratitude. I'm so grateful for that. And then the second part of it is to recite what I call a giving forth or a forgiveness prayer. And this is to take anything within you that's taking up space that's not serving you, that could be replaced with the good that you want. See, if, you're, if your vessel is full, there's no room to receive any more good. So what this forgiveness prayer does is essentially takes anything that's not serving you out of you and puts it over here on the side so that you have more room to receive your good. And what you're doing essentially is saying, if there's anyone from my past or present, anyone at all that I need to forgive, I now do so. And they're free. And if there's anyone that needs to forgive me, including myself, they now do so. And we are free to experience our highest and greatest good at all times and all ways. Then you say good night and go to sleep. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. a great way to go to sleep. You know, uh, I there. I want to say one of my withholds. One of it, one of the. In in this whole practice where I get bogged down a bit, and I will ask your advice about it, um, when I receive an intuition of of a direction to move in, where my mind goes is, okay, if I move in that direction, then I have to take that step, and then there'll be this other step, and then I'll have to learn how to do this, and then I have to add that, and then, and I just become overwhelmed with, with the idea if I if I take that first step, it's going to lead to twelve hundred other steps, and I just feel tired yeah. before I even begin, and sometimes I hesitate to take that one step because I'm overwhelmed. Right. Your rational mind is trying to figure it all out. 
This practice is not a rational mind practice, right? This practice is leaving the path. See, you're overwhelmed because you're trying to create the path to get to your goal. It's not your job anymore. Your job is to figure out what it is that you want and be grateful for it in advance as though you already have it. Your CSO's job is to create the path for you to get there. And unfortunately, we only get one step to take at a time. (laughs) And we don't even know what goal that step is working towards. We either take the step or we ask for another lead. And our rational mind, and and one of my very favorite, favorite uh, quotes is from uh, Albert Einstein. He, He says that we have this rational mind, which is a faithful servant. And we have this intuitive mind that's a sacred gift. But in our society, when we have a question about anything, we honor this rational mind. We Google it. We ask our friends about it. We analyze it. We measure it. We evaluate it. We try and reason through every possible outcome before we ever make a decision. And that is not the way this practice works. And it's also not the way that people like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, Steven Spielberg, Thomas Edison, they all say that that it's very important to rely on intuition as a success tool. And I agree. But if you're going to wrap rationality around it, you're going to miss out on some even higher and greater good. So uh, just take the step and let the path uh, create itself right. that way. Um, what about worthiness? So let's uh, go out with an idea of um, worthiness mantra. What, what is a worthiness mantra? Um, we Many of us have grown up being told certain things that are absolutely not true. Um, we might have been told that, you know, women aren't good at math, so don't even dream up being um, an accountant. Or uh, no one in our family has ever gone to college, so, you know, who are you to think that you will excel in college? You should just give up that dream. A lot of us have been told a lot of things in our past, and so therefore we, we don't feel worthy. We don't feel that we deserve um, or that we're even capable of achieving something greater. We can change that with our words, thoughts, and emotions. We can, just like I mentioned earlier with the neural pathway, we can strengthen a really, really weak neural pathway and create a new set of beliefs and behaviors. And the way that we do that is with our words, thoughts, and emotions. So create a mantra. I am the brilliance of divine intelligence right here incarnate. I deserve all of this good and more. The good that I receive continues to increase in plenty. And all that are related to me are blessed by it. You know, come up with some words that describe what you want your life to be and and have them readily available. Um, and repeat them every time a, a negative thought comes up, any time that old record, which is a lie, because you are absolutely worthy to receive all that you desire, require, and more. May I want to thank you so much for being with us today on mm. New Dimensions. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. It was my pleasure. I've been speaking with May McCarthy. She's the author of The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. If you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, maymccarthy.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. 
I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3589. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. For over four decades, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.